Lone wolves and wandering souls. Toss a pebble into the dark chasm of loneliness. Grimace at the unbearable horror of being perceived. And don't forget to clean the philosophy out of your armchair once you've finished. Ew. It's time to talk tall to me. It's gonna leave a stain. Get some club soda. <laughs> Welcome back. I am Omen Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together, we are Feckless Moans. And this is Talk Told to Me. A cryptic message in a bottle floating on the treacherous seas of Prague Rock in which neo-colonial Nick and oligarchy Omen will take a policy-driven bureaucratic approach to assimilating each and every song that pluralistic rock band Jethro Tull ever released. Song by song, in chronological order, we will bait the bourgeoisie with the bops of Martin Barr, pacify the proletariat with the pluckings of David Pegg, and critique the charismatic capitalists with the cacophony of Jerry Conway. And if we can crack the code, we will overcome the crushing anonymity of modern life by connecting to our fellow inhabitants of the Earth through the filthy flute fantasy provided by authoritarian Ian Anderson. Jethro Tull is nothing if not a filthy flute fantasy. I am living that fantasy. (laughs) That's right. Once a week, for an hour... We are just smothered in that fantasy. Nick, speaking of being smothered, welcome back to the podcast. Here we are. Here we are back at it again. This is episode number two from Broadsword. This is episode number two of our kind of recurjiggered episode style here. So we're not going to take too long for preamble. I have a little anecdote for you, though. Oh, anecdote away, please. Anecdote, here it comes. So today I was putting on the the actual album. Rook was in the office. I had just taken my lunch break. Rook was in the office, and I said he wanted to read me a story. Mm, nice. And I, I said, okay, but I'm going I'm to put on the album that Uncle Oman and I are going to talk about today. He said, okay. The vinyl. The, the vinyl, yeah. He says, what is it? And I said, I said, Broadsword and the Beast. And I showed it to him. He's like, oh, that's, I know that one. I like that one. I was like, yeah, I, don't, I don't think you've ever heard this one. Have you? Uh-huh. Because normally he like, he cottons on to heavy horses because I, I, sure. he's listened to that one a lot with me. And he's like, no, yeah, it's the song about the beast, about the beastie. I was like, Whoa. oh, yeah, okay. And then he did this. Beastie. Come on, you can do it in that. Beastie. There you go. <laughs> Wow, that was very good. <laughs> was very a good. Very lifelike representation of what it sounds like in the song. Very accurate. Yeah, he um, because he was in the car while I was listening to the final like listen through of last week's episode. Ah. So he, it's fresh in his mind. That's why he knows wow. Beastie so well. Yeah, Beastie. He is the Beastie now. He is. Uh, yes, there can only be one, and I've passed it on to him. That's that's what we do. So speaking of Beastie, a little, a couple of notes about Broadsword and the Beast. I've got some quotes from Ian on the album itself. Oh, delightful. Broadsword and the Beast. That followed a bit of hiatus, and we were getting toward the end of the record, and I thought, as I have before, I've spent so much time with this material, I'd really like someone else to come in and mix. Oh, interesting. We found Paul Samuel Smith, who we knew from the Yardbirds, and he came in toward the end and took a lot of pressure off of me. We worked well together. We had this good accord and bounced off each other very well. I'd been feeling very pressured on the previous albums, nursemating everything on the end. That refers to our additional personnel here. We've got Robin Black, sound engineering, Jim Gibson, artwork, Lee Mantle, assistant engineer, Ian McCaig, artwork and illustrations, and then finally, Paul Samuel Smith is the producer. So it's a new producer here. That's great. I'm so proud of Ian for doing that. It's like it's like when it's like when your dad is is aged and finally is like, you know what? I'm not going to crawl up onto the top of my house and re-roof it myself at 80 years old, I'm going to hire a roofer. And you're like, good for you. It's about time, Dad. Relax. Yeah. So he, That's awesome. So he went and just chopped three cord of wood instead, probably. <laughs> With his flute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then one final quote real quick. 
At the time, I was living some of the year on the Isle of Skye, in the wilds off the west coast of Scotland, facing the sea. In times gone by, the Viking longships came up the sea locks of Scotland to pillage and plunder, and generally have their wicked way with the locals. And so it was just this notion of sometimes standing on a headland and imagining this longship coming up the lock. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, and we'll get into that specific image a little later in yeah. the album. Yes, definitely we will. But the whole, it's kind of the whole feeling of this album, the the return to... Yes, it is. The return to like a, a, a medieval Dark Ages kind of... Kind of historical perspective, like a, a, yeah. a modern perspective on historical life or the other way around. Uh, and we'll get into some of that with the with the song today. That indeed we will. Let's dive into that song, I suppose. And Nick, what is that song? That song, again, is number two off of the album. It is the song Clasp. Or is it The Clasp? I think it's just Clasp. Just, it's just Clasp. It's just Clasp. The song is Clasp. Let's have a Clispton. Clunch it. In Silent Singing, it is listed as The Clasp. Oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, he never says just clasp in the lyrics. Mm -hmm. So I wish I had the vinyl here. I'd be really interested to check it out and see if it got got tweaked a little bit there. I think I I would go off of what it says in Silent Singing. Yeah, I mean, that is is the ultimate. At this point, it's the ultimate reference. Would you believe that song is four minutes long? I would. Would you? That sounds extremely plausible. <laughs> I, I feel like it's it feels like it's two minutes to me. It just zips right oh, by. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very it's a very quick four. It moves. It does, yeah. And and it has some distinct sections in it. Yeah, and it's not one of those instances that we've seen in the past where it's a really quick longer, quote unquote, longer song that starts out. Boom, keep starts at that pace and just just rips all the way through. We start slow here. We have a slow start and a slow end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Start slow and end slow. We come back at the end of that. I described it in my notes as a digital wave of synthy goodness. Yeah, it's an eerie slow. I think wave is really good. It 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 embodies the 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 lock feel of the the slow pulsing of the water. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. Yes, and we have the the drums coming in pretty early on to to give us that sense of you know it's almost like a heartbeat or or a sense of something approaching perhaps it's really really interesting have that sound at the end too that i want to talk about maybe a little later on yeah it's i think there's there's the the bass drum but also i think there's i don't know if it's just like some random key on on the synth or like electric drums or or what but there's also like a like an electric sound doing that boom 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 yes yes well yeah that first wave of sound is is really quite layered there's Mm -hmm. a number of things going on including that kind of high almost vocal line the yeah and it to me it sounds like you know the valkyrie or the or the banshee the banshee or the the dark ancestors kind of warning you about about things right or that the echoes of the generations singing to the gods or something that yes they, they it's it's so it's been done so many times that it still echoes across the coolins you know oh i love that yeah there's some interesting elements to this song musically there's that the drum fill that we keep getting is so much fun it's so satisfying i think it might be done on toms because we have that it starts out high and it's it does that yeah It 
comes in a couple of different times. It's really fun. The thing that I noticed for the first time, thanks to these really good headphones, is the mandolin. So gorgeous and prominent in this. And I never realized that not only is there like really rocking mandolin, after that that first like the crest and valley of that that eerie kind of synth in the beginning, the first sound we hear is is a is a tremolo of the mandolin. That's so cool. And then all throughout, it sits on the right side of the stereo until about two thirds of the way. Then it goes to the left, I think. But it's it's very prominent and it's very good. Martin had to go get a drink on the other side of the of the recording studio, and and his part came up, so he just had to sit down and play it there. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Oh, I'm over here now. This that is a good point that we could apply to this album in general. That after so many years of really embracing this kind of folk style, obviously infused with rock and roll. Rock and roll is the kind of you know the through line to all of this. And then for a couple of years, swinging to the really digital side, mm-hmm. we're kind of now mixing in a very interesting and provocative way the what I would call the kind of traditional wheelhouse of, of Tull's sound. Yeah. That traditional instruments, traditional sounds mixed with rock and roll and keeping that new digital sound. And it's so much fun. Yeah. It's, I have in my notes that it's so, it's so electric. It's such an electric song. And yet it still elicits this kind of medieval feel to it. It still feels like Mm -hmm. it, it, it's the same thing as Immigrant Song, you know. It feels mm-hmm. like it's from another time, but it's just face-melting synth and electric. Yeah. One interesting thing that we have in this song that I don't think that we've heard used in this way before is the filter on Ian's voice. Oh, yeah. Good call. We go back and forth between this kind of tin canny sounding, you know, like he's far away from from us effect. Or like super compressed, old-timey radio almost, like filtered, yeah. Yes, exactly. For instance, in that second verse, uh, in the high-rise city canyons dwells the discontent of ages. Yeah. In high-rise city canyons dwells the discontent of ages. Most of that verse is in that, he has that filter. And then Mm -hmm. when we transition to, let's break the journey now on some lonely road, it switches to the the cleaner sound, and mm. it's very effective at kind of changing the focus of the ear. The ear focus, it shifts. Yeah. You know, going back to the what we've talked about in various episodes of the cinematic quality to a lot of Tull songs. Sure. It really has that, that kind of, you know, big shift of scene and, and really brings you in close. And also on the, the very few instances where there is backing vocals it's all mm-hmm. super synthy it's like it's like a robot is singing it it's it's definitely filtered through something in there yes yeah and it's hard to tell if it's because some some of it sounds like it could be a human voice that has been heavily filtered and some of it sounds like it's could be the voice setting on a synth just playing the notes of the vocal line yeah. or the harmony Right, right. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's Ian singing, and that's over it. Or yeah, it's, that's a good call. I'm not sure. It's worth pointing out that Peter John Bates was fairly young at this time. Okay, he was a little younger. You know, uh, Ian and and Martin were not getting into their middle ages necessarily, but but they were, you know, solidly in adulthood. And I think Peter was. Or rather, Peter John, I should say. That's a hyphenate. Was a, a younger member of the band. So kind of interesting, you know, that you have somebody who is bringing that electric sound who also grew up more with that sound. I mean, Ian and, and Martin had been in Jethro Tull for a quarter of a century at this point. Yeah. So they, I mean, they're old hat at this point. So it turns out, so Peter's only about 10 or nine years younger. But still, I think that is a significant shift. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that 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 puts you on the level of being very comfortably seated in your musical career as opposed to 
not even not necessarily just starting out, but you know, really starting to to spread your your roots, you know, without being comfortably seated. Spreading your roots and taking to flight. That's it. Fly with those roots, baby. <laughs> Speaking of Martin. Speaking of mixed metaphors. Speaking. Of, put those metaphors in a cocktail shaker. <laughs> Hope they don't bruise. Speaking of Martin, we have some wonderful electric guitar sounds coming oh, in. Yeah. After what I would call the bridge of the song that let's break the journey now, that verse, the guitar starts being heard heavily in there. In the little musical breakdown between that verse and the final one, we hear even more guitar coming through. It's not Mm. quite as wangy or on overdrive as we've heard in some cases, maybe even in Beastie, but it's still quite electric and it's lovely it's there it's present it's not the main driver obviously the the many layers of synth are the main drive in this one but it pairs well i mean it works so well with the rest of the sound there's some great little proggy turns of rhythm in here as well just in general are you talking about martin specifically or just just kind of throughout the song at the end of the breakdown there's a wonderful little rhythmic wrap up to that section that is, to me, one of those quintessential kind of tall mm. prog moments. Yeah. So when we when we get to the end, we talked about that dum 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 that the, recurring the fade out, almost yeah. heartbeat paced sound that thump. What do you what do you make of that sound? What does that do for you? I mean, are you looking for an answer other than the heartbeat? Well, if it is a heartbeat, what what is it the heart of? Is it the heart of us? Is it the heart of Ian? Is it is it something you know whose heart? I I think with I, I we can get into it more when we get into context after our our halfway point here, but I think it's the heartbeat of mankind. It's the steady and and consistent and persistent life that is man continuing through the ages that kind of slow march the cold-eyed march toward the dawn yeah yeah and even if even if you die along the way your progeny will will carry on where where you fell yeah i like that interpretation that that vibes with what i was feeling yeah that feels with what i was vibing i i feel your vibes i vibe your feel i'm vibrating right now (laughs) <laughs> that's a good time to take a break <laughs> let's move on to the halftime portion of our podcast here what do that's we have right we've just got an email marley if you don't mind marley is there <sighs> marley marley why are your galoshes filled is that is that cocktail sauce i had to swim through the condiment pond to get here is that where all of my ketchup has gone i have replaced that ketchup every week the shrimp like to live in their native environment it's the best we can do in this climb i i guess you're right and and you like to you like to to scoop them up like a penguin as you swim through the the ketchup water is that right i'm an environmentalist and a fresh food advocate yes I, you know what, Marley? I can't be upset about that. Boy, this this email is stained very red. I will get some of this. Have a shrimp, you'll feel better. Thank you. Yeah, that is gone bad. I think you Pond should really aged. Oh god. Oh, Marley, you have cast iron constitution. I'm very so impressed. Thank yeah. Go. Thank you, Marley. Thank you so much. We have ourselves. The here. shrimps are calling me names. Oh, go go. go. Answer the call of the shrimp. We have ourselves an email here from Jimmy James. How wonderful, yes. The subject of this email is titled Tall Wormholes. (laughs) Tall Wormholes. He says, Hi, Omen and Nick. I'm a Jethro Tull fan in real time, being lucky and old enough to follow their career from the late 60s right up to the zealot gene. 
Mm. Your analysis of Ian's lyrics, in particular, have sent me into endless deep dives, re-examining words I've sung in the shower all my life to find new layers of meaning, some so obvious I slap my head with an of course, to others that are so brilliantly crafted, old aces die hard and a passion play, they defy definitive answers. Thank you. I love Ian's lyrics, and I love your conversational style in deconstructing them. I'm a latecomer to Feckless Momes, so apologies for taking you back down your own time tunnel to heavy horses. Hmm, tunnels. An example of how you've got my tall brain ticking happened yesterday on my afternoon walk in Sydney Rain, another Australian. I was listening to Journeyman, a song I've always loved. Whilst I've always dug the rhythm and pure word joy, spine-tingling railway sleepers, dull echoes from the wet embankments, howling into hollow blackness, etc., I credit you guys with my newfound enjoyment of Ian's cryptic meanings. Here's one that got my word nerd juices flowing. Rumbling fit to turn the waking worm. Now, keep in mind, I'm seeing this line in isolation. Much of the song suggests a late-night journey, not early morning. But like a lot of Ian's lyrics, I think he's writing about train journeys more universally than just one in particular. First, there is the image of the network of tunnels that worm under London and out into the suburbs through which the trains just fit. They turn on themselves, looping literally underground. The waking worm is reminiscent of the saying, the early bird catches the worm. Ian is one of the early birds, hoping to make the most of the day to catch the waking worm. The image of him on his train journeys, busily scratching out lyrics, is clear here. Ian feels sorry for the other early birds, it seems to me. Theirs is enforced punctuality, whilst he is his own boss. I also think of the job of worms, i.e. to tunnel through the soil, excrete it from their bodies to enrich it, Are the underground commuters merely worms, going to their daily drudge to enrich the soil of those above the ground? The capitalists living off the fertile soil their drones create? There is also the expression, how the worm turns. From Cambridge Dictionary, quote, People who've been treated badly suddenly become forceful and stop accepting a difficult situation. The rumbling is enough to make these worms turn. The damn daily train journey is enough to send the workers into revolt. You get the feeling, however, that they will remain passive. And if I may dig even deeper, bear with me, I may be a footbridge too far here. What about the physics implied by wormholes? A wormhole is a place where space and time cease to exist. The journeyman is in transit neither here nor there, outside the space and time of his dull reality. It is the place where Ian's muse lives, the strange void of his creativity. He always wrote in these wormholes. Hotel rooms, planes, trains. I, for one, thank God for Ian's wormholes and that he never got a driver's license. (laughs) Momes, I want to thank you for the way you've opened up Ian's brilliant wordplay for me. I've always loved it, but I am seeing it anew. Cheers, Jimmy James. Wow. That was fantastic. I mean, that... That description was like a series of worm tunnels in a three-dimensional thought space, which turned back on themselves multiple times. And I and I think that you are 100% correct, and you have enriched the soil of our brains by excreting our words out through your worm orifice. Mm. Your wormifice. Your, your, worm sphinct- your worm sphincter. Nothing like a worm sphincter in the morning, am I right? <laughs> If you can't have a warm sporin, get a warm sphincter. That's right. Next best thing. Thank you so much for writing in. We always love hearing from from people of all types and sorts, but you know, especially those who were have been lucky enough to live in the age of tull in real time. Completely. Yeah. In real time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. IRT. IRT. Let's get back to real tall time here and Let's talk about the lyrics. Now we have the pleasure of talking about the words. Yes. I am so very impressed with the poetry of this song. The most potent is our first couplet. We travelers on the endless wastes in single orbits, gliding, 
cold-eyed march towards the dawn behind hard-weathered hoods a-hiding. We Poetry, mm-hmm. the picture he is painting mm-hmm. for us right there. My it's very it, it simultaneously it works equally as well for imagining a scene something like from the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And for a description of the feeling that one gets from being alive on this earth and marching through time. Right. Or being a commuter, like we just heard. Or being a commuter, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's and I think that that overall that little discussion we we just had, I think, overall encompasses the feel of this entire song. Ultimately, it's 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 th- this this feeling that we have the the steady heartbeat of man is has been and always will be. And there's a sense of inevitability to it, and fatalism almost. Yeah, we travelers on this endless wastes in single orbits. You know, an orbit is something that a planet cannot change. Right, yep. An orbit is is essentially fixed. You know, maybe over billions of years it degrades. But, you know, you get the sense that that he's saying we are all on this track off of which there's no exit. And the degradation is not the planet's choice. It is an external force causing that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And where we do have choice within the next lines, meeting as the tall ships do, passing in the channel, afraid to chance a gentle touch. Meeting as the tall ships do, passing in the channel, afraid to chance a gentle touch. Even in that sense where we are, where the orbits do cross each other, uh-huh. there is a a reluctance to reach out. Yeah, because the imagery here, meeting as the tall ships do passing in the channel, you don't want your boats touching. Like, that's very dangerous and and detrimental to your ship. Yes. And the idea of two travelers passing on the road when you were just, like, on horses or on foot, you you kept your distance— now, right, because you don't know. In vehicles, you keep your distance. You don't. You don't touch anybody on the subway. Are you kidding me? Well, you know, it's it's still. I mean, well, it depends on who it is. The same thought has carried over through and through. Maybe the reasons have changed a little bit, or the the imagery has changed. The technology over time. Has the technology has changed over time, but ultimately, it's like, don't talk to strangers. Don't touch strangers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because bad. And I think the further metaphor is. You know, what happens when you do, as a human being, make contact with another human being? Not, not you know, necessarily physically, but but when it's more than the, the sort of brief hello that is shouted between ships passing in the night. Mm. What happens when you stop and allow yourself to take down the hood and be known? I mean, that really is terrifying. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There is safety in anonymity. And oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Go back a tiny bit to the. To the, to the first verse, afraid to make the clasp. The song is called The Clasp. Right, sure. Afraid to make the clasp. What do we... Hmm, interesting. So, clasp is a word that can mean a couple different things. Mm-hmm. There is the verb, to clasp. To clasp, yeah, to grab something. Right? Yep. There is the noun, a clasp. Okay, you know right. something that you use to fasten something with. Yeah, but I think that there is an implication in the word, or at least in how we use the word, of something that is semi-permanent. You know, it's not called the handshake, right? I think that this idea of the the clasp is the the fear behind it is that if you make contact with someone, you may not be able to, for better or worse, separate. Oh, if or or if nothing else. You're irrevocably changed in some way. Yes, yes, exactly. Interesting. Exactly. Okay, that yeah. they, you know, there's this old superstition that you should never tell a stranger your full name because it'll give them power over you because they might be a, a fairy or a demon. Right, right. But that sense that, 
yes, if you reveal yourself enough to to make that connection, that they, yes, you could be changed for good or for worse, and you don't want to risk it. Yeah, it's the danger, whether it's getting shivved by by a traveler on the road or getting your, your pocket picked or having your whole entity being taken away by a fairy, you know, it's, it's, or perhaps even more frightening, falling in love. Valid, valid. Just had an idea. I'm going to go back to something that I really love. You tell people, don't talk to strangers on the highway because they're going to steal your soul. They could be the devil or a fairy or whatever. Sure. Really, that's just an, uh, an old wives tale or something that, that women tell their kids so they don't talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. What's scarier, some random guy or the devil? You know, the 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 devil is, is has been used to to curtail naughty children for for sure. eons. We talked about that with the Legend of the Kelpie. The Legend of Kelpie is my favorite Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this sense, the sense of you know distrust of other people mm-hmm. that you don't know, and and the, the fear of of reaching out is something that we've sort of talked about thematically in various other songs but yes let's you know so so the first verse gives us the kind of historical almost primal trajectory of this thought mm-hmm. and then as you pointed out it takes it takes us directly to the modern day in high rise city canyons dwells the discontent of ages and wow what a sentence yeah discontent of ages now we're in the winter of our discontent of ages i know there there is something almost shakespearean about yeah. the the way that this song is written it's yeah it's it's so beautifully written it's very very poetic and it's it's it that tie that first line dwells with the discontent of ages really ties back in with this being a in content production it is referred to as evergreen it is always it always makes sense it always can be applicable it's not Timestamp. Sure. Actually, the first two lines of that second verse are in perfect iambic pentameter. Are they really? Well, they're, well, they're in iambic. They're not quite pentameter. In high-rise canyons dwells the discontent of ages. On ring roads, nose to bumper crawl commuters in their cages. In high-rise canyons dwells the discontent of ages. On ring roads, nose to bumper crawl commuters it's not ten syllables, but it it is that up that up down iambic. Yeah. So in that verse, you know, as you're pointing out, we have this the imagery of cars. We signal to each other cryptically as we're speeding along, yeah. double locked and belted in. I love that that you you know you don't just lock the doors to your car, but you lock them twice. <laughs> have clasped yourself to this soulless anonymity machine right the the double lock is oh did i lock it you go back and check it again so you actually end up hitting the lock again even though it's been locked the cryptic signals are like hand signals as someone cuts you off you 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 wave your hand at them or you flip them the bird or something or even just the turn signal also that yeah that's not terribly cryptic but i mean for some people using it is cryptic because it's apparently very confusing (laughs) How to use a turn signal. But also it's reduced our human connection. You know, no longer are we even in a position to to shout, hello, what news from port yeah. to each other as we pass on the ships. It's just blink, 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 blink. Yeah, that's the most communication is I'm turning here. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So then we get into the bridge of this song. Let's break the journey now on some lonely road. Sit down as strangers will. Let the stress unload. Let's break the journey now. We've set up, you know, this fear of the of the clasp, and now the singer is saying, "No, let's let's do clasp." Yeah, it reminds me of a song. I don't know if you're familiar with a band called Gogol Bordello. I love Gogol Bordello. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> we can stay friends. Oh, thank God. They have a song called "Tribal Connection" from Super Taranta. I'm not sure I'm familiar with that one. I'm sure I've heard it, but. This song sets up 
the wasteland of a city, you know, where there's a music should be coming out every car, there's a silence all over downtown, where communities' celebrations should be aroused, I walk the sterile gardens, life is on pause. Where there's a music should be coming out of every car. There is a silence all over downtown. Where community celebrations shall be aroused. I walk the sterile gardens, life is on pause. Further on, we get... The reason it sounds so strange is because English is the writer's 10th language or something. Yeah. On intersection of all dimensions where I was stopping by just for a drink, I met a brother from Tribal Connection, and together we began to sing. On intersection of all dimensions Where I was stopping by just for a drink I meet a brother from Tribal Connection So it's that sense of like in this world of of disconnect, in this world of anonymity, in the class, but also in this other song, the singer was saying, no, we need to make that connection. Let's stop this mindless, cold-eyed march. Yeah. Sit down as, I love this, sit down as strangers will, let the stress unload. Talk in confidential terms, share a dark, unspoken fear. Refill the cup and drink it up, say goodnight and wish good luck. Strangers will let the stress unload. Talking confidential terms. Share a dark unspoken fear. Refill the cup and drink it up. Say goodnight and wish good luck. I'm sure that we've all had that experience where you unexpectedly connect with somebody just for a moment and for whatever reason, the conditions are right where the, the fear isn't there and you just mm. allow yourself to connect over something and have a conversation. Yeah. Where there's no ulterior motive. The defenses are down and people have gotten paranoid and people have gotten extra defensive for mm-hmm. completely valid reasons. But it's it's so nice to have that genuine human connection every now and then. But this this bridge here is also, yet again, it, it spans the time, you know? Like I see... I see every every freaking fantasy novel I've mm-hmm. ever read, every D&D campaign I've ever played, you stop at a tavern along the way and you meet somebody and you talk with them. And at the same time, this is my experience when I fly. That's exactly it. It's the rest stop where we met those old bikers after that Tull concert in Albany. Yes, exactly. And we talked about the show, yeah. And to a certain extent, not to get too sappy, but I think that this break on the journey on some lonely road is really what this whole podcast is about. You know, it started off as just this desire, this manic desire to talk about every single Tulsog, but what it's become is this chance to connect with people from all over the world who who have shared an experience. Yeah. Yeah, we we all have a collective base of knowledge some to varying degrees, us with the least amount of degrees, and everybody shares. They put in, it's like stone soup. Everybody puts in their own ingredients. We have degrees from the University of Momory. <laughs> of, of bullshit. Yeah. I have, a, I have a BS in bullshit. Yeah, I'll put that on my resume. And I've got an MFA. Oh, wow. A mighty fine ass. Yes, that that you do. That's also on your resume. We, sorry, were you having a thought? we've collected these people and we've we've broken down those walls granted it's significantly easier to do it online it really is mhm that being said i can't wait for the first mo meetup you know like we've been able to make those connections on safer terms you know and now now that we know people now that we can communicate and and know them as genuine people the step to sitting down and having a beer is significantly less daunting. Exactly. Yeah. I I feel like what Ian is partly saying with this, with the inclusion of this verse is in our world, we have been trained since the earliest times to distrust each other. And we have since the earliest times had the possibility to connect with each other in a real way. And those two things live together in a in a dynamic relationship because we are because 
as Gogol Bordello said, there is a tribal connection. We are still humans. We have things in common. Yeah, namely our humanity. We have the beauty of communication and a shared language that can that no other animal can do. I mean, there are some that that are close, you know, certain certain animals that can communicate and certain animals that live in packs and, and things, but nothing like what we have. Dolphins and whales do a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah. Octopuses. Great apes. Del- yep. De- were you going to say delicious? Delicious. I... Great apes. I love it. Yeah. So, but then, of course, because it's Ian, he takes it one step further than yes. all this. Rather than just saying, yes, we all distrust each other, but yes, we have the possibility of connection. He takes it to the third degree, mm-hmm. which is in this final verse, synthetic cheeks with Synthetic chiefs, sorry, I was talking about my plastic surgeon. (laughs) Synthetic chiefs with frozen smiles holding unsteady courses, grip the reins of history high on their battle horses, and meetings as good statesmen do before the TV eyes of millions hand-to-hand exchange the lie, pretend to make the clasp. Synthetic chiefs with frozen smiles holding unsteady courses, grip He's saying yeah. that, you know, the, the politicians, those who are in power, especially in this age where the visual medium is communicated, but even before that, one could say. Sure, sure, sure. The actions of connection can be faked. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing genuine. Yeah. In order to advantage the people in power. Yeah. It's fascinating. The charm, the fake smiles, the hugs and the handshakes. Oh, the choreography of it all. The, 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 I mean, the, the step ball changes are just, just so <laughs> impressive. The, the idea of a handshake being a clasp, you know, like, like the politicians, the synthetic chiefs are the ones who will intentionally make that clasp. Yeah. And is anything good coming from it? Putting on that facade. Is it just the performance of a, a, is it the ceremony of, of the clasp? Yeah. What does the recipient of the clasp get out of it? Mm. They, they get hoodwinked into voting for this chucklehead, you know, over some other chucklehead. That's ultimately it. They've both got their fingers crossed behind their backs. That's true. Well, and if you go back to the, to the, to the olden days, you know, there's this theory that the handshake originated with a gesture which was to prove that you were unarmed. That's right. You would you would check. It wasn't just the hand. It was the forearm. You would check for hidden blades. Yeah. Right, right. And, and by putting out your hand, you show, look, I'm unarmed. Right. And so the other person says, look, I'm unarmed. Now we're going to solidify that. Right. By offering that, you are, there's a level of trust. Yeah. Yeah. I like to take it one step further and do the butt clasp. That's right. Just you, to make sure. Just a little scoop. Little nope. cl- little scoop, little Make clench. Make sure there are no booty bombs up in there. Everything is okay. Checks out. Body cavity search. <laughs> Good to go. That's what we should be seeing more. Nope, never mind. <laughs> Nick. Omen. Does this song leave you with a sense of hope, with a sense of despair, with a sense of meh, or what? What's your takeaway from this? There's a little hope in there. You know, I do I do really We'll get that out, don't worry. <laughs> Just a little little Listen. bleach, a little Clorox that. The the I do really like the 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 sweet positivity of the bridge. I do. Mm-hmm. But that button on the end, you know, that that talk of politics and now more than ever is that poignant. You know, it's mm. it's it's difficult not to it's not. It's dif- difficult not to be taken down on that sour note as it ends. It, where where Ian is bringing us, and and it's that beauty of Ian's just singing. Ian's just writing his lyrics, and you interpret it how you want. And that's that's true. That's we've heard him say that several times, and we know that. And so it's I want to be positive, but it's so hard right now. <laughs> it's so difficult. 
Well, and I think that that has probably always been the case. I think of course, as long yeah. as there have been societies, there have been people taking advantage of power in order to benefit themselves. Or taking advantage of people to get into power to then Absolutely. benefit themselves, yeah. I, I think that for what I take from this song is, yes, all of that is true. We all are on this, you know, endless trudge of, of loneliness leading toward death and there are always going to be people screwing each other over. Yeah. And because of all that, it's even more important to take those moments to sit down with another person and really understand them and 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 to share in that humanity. Right. And that that moment in a way makes all of the rest of the the cold and the awfulness of life worth it. Yeah, I, I think I think you really hit on it with the sharing of the humanity in the sense that even if you have nothing else in common, you can still share in that humanity. You know, you can, right. you've still got something in common that you can you can focus on. And from there, who knows where it's gonna open up. At the end of the day, we all have a four chambered heart. Except for three chambers, Jimmy. But, uh, uh, hey, I told you never to bring him up to me again. so sensitive about it. I don't know why you're upset about it. <laughs> Nick, anything else to say about The Clasp? The Clasp. I, it's very, it's a very synthy feeling song that could have fit on Stormwatch, I think. I get a very flying, I get very flying Dutchman from this for some reason. Well, I think thematically they're related. Yeah, I think it you works. Know, the whole theme of Flying Dutchman is like, oh, hey, look at that. Look at the individuals who are completely removed from being able to connect to society. Reach the heck out to them. Yeah. You know, that was our interpretation. Right. TM. Right. Which uh, it's FM, Feckless Moms. Oh, yeah. It, thank you. It, uh, but it, even if that's just our interpretation, it really works well to build on the thesis of this song. Whether Ian mm-hmm. intended it or not, and he can't yell at us that we're wrong because he says it's open to interpretation. That's right. That's right. Nick, I interpret that that's all I have to say about the clasp. Wonderful. What is next week, Omen? Do you know? Next week, we are going to be listening to Fallen on Hard Times. Fallen on Hard Times. Another thing that we can all appreciate at this it in this trying moment. That we can all all share and have a common commiseration. Uh, a common commiseration is is the 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 fact that we We're all, everybody has their own hard times at times, except for Elon Musk. Wow. (sighs) Sorry, Elon. I know you're listening. Yeah, right. If while you are nose to bumper crawling on the ring road, you enjoy listening to Talk Tall to Me, why not give us a positive review and five stars on your network of choice? If your hard weather hood hasn't hidden you sufficiently, consider getting a branded Talk Tall to Me hoodie with which you can hide from society to your heart's content if you join our patreon for just five dollars a month you can talk in confidential terms and share your dark unspoken fears in our discord with the other tall skulls present there that's right refill the cup and drink up a cold one of tall until next week i am the traveler on the endless wastes In single orbit, Nick McGill. I am the pilot in the fast lane, Omen Said. We are the synthetic chiefs with frozen smiles holding unsteady courses, the feckless momes. And this is a gentle touch. Talk tall to me. (laughs) 
Senator Abrams, it is a pleasure to have you in sweet, sweet Alabama. Thank you so much for attending my rally, and uh, I believe that we can reach an understanding between our two parties as representatives. This is such a wonderful historic moment, and it's just such a pleasure to be here with you outside of the of the Heidi Hole Cafe. And with this historic agreement, uh, we are going to improve the lives for so many people. Not not only not only the lives of our children, but of our children's children, and our children's children's children, and our children's children's children's, children's babysitters. Now, for for a good, a good photo op, normally we'd be uh, shaking hands here. Oh, 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 I don't, I don't feel entirely comfortable shaking hands. It's sort of bad optics, actually. I've been informed. Oh, all right. You don't want why to don't be we... seen sh- shaking yeah. my hand. That's right. Why don't we? Why don't we do like a an elbow to elbow kind of circular rubbing motion like this? Oh, oh, all right. Uh, clockwise. Counterclock, whichever you prefer, whichever works for you. I, I, I think, I think I will go. I think I will turn mine to the left. <laughs> uh, uh, um, actually, you know, I just had this this thought. Maybe it'd be more impactful if we if we linked our knee pits with each other and did a hopping uh, a hopping dance while leaning back and supporting each other. By our crooked knees. That would be very symbolic. Can you do that? It is a trust exercise. I will use yes. my weight to anchor you, and you will do the same. Yes, you come here, over here. Here we go. Just slip yep. my. Here we go. Oh, there we go. Slip, slip we... my leg around. Oh, <laughs> you're you're very shapely calves. I like. Thank that. you. I, I know we don't want to be shaking hands here, but as you know, Alabama is the barefoot state. So please oh, tell me, of course, of course. how would you feel about me? Putting the space between my big toe and my pointer toe to nestle that to 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 rest it against your Achilles tendon. I think that's fantastic. Fits so perfectly. You know, let me just let me just take off my tights here so we can really get some some contact. Uh, bring the cameras a little closer. We want a close up of you this. Get a, get a zoom in. I just got a pedicure. Oh, you know what? I just, you know, I actually have a rash on my Achilles tendon here. Uh, I have, I have a wonderful idea. Oh, please, please. I am going to use my knees to, to grasp onto your your shapely hips. Yes. And wiggle myself up towards your shoulders. I will lean over your left shoulder like a sack of potatoes and reach between your thick thighs yes. around to your back pocket uh-huh where i will pull out your handkerchief i like it you'll do the same thing simultaneously to my handkerchief and then we will each blow our noses in each other's on each other's handkerchiefs that's right that's right i i could not think of oh i you know what is more trusting than oh, any please. of these oh my gosh things? yes this is an important I'm, photo i'm going to lean into your ear okay and i'm going to whisper Oh, some it. some words that I think oh, will right. unite the parties in mm-hmm. one universal agreement. Okay, no. let's do it. All right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. <gasps> Talk told to me is a proud member of the Feckless Moments Audio Network. I'm so glad I didn't wear pants. Mm-hmm.